Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to get right into the Word today. I want you to turn with me to the first epistle of John, 1 John a scripture we've looked at before, and I'm not really going to preach on it. I just want to start off with it because it's so good. First John chapter 5, First John chapter 5, verse number 4 says, For whatever, or you could say whoever, is born of God overcomes the world. Right. How many world overcomers do we have? Hallelujah. How many are born of God? Glory to God. <laughs> whoever is born of God overcomes the world. But I want you to notice it doesn't just fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. There's something we have to do. He said, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Glory to God. You have world overcoming faith on the inside of you. And like I've said before, God has prepared us. For these times we're living in. He has prepared us in faith. Glory to God. And your faith is up to the task, friend. Glory to God. Amen. There's victory over the world. And everything in it and everything that can come to you from the world, there's victory. Glory to God in the name of Jesus and by your faith in Him. Amen. Amen. Now I want to talk to you about, about money today. Money is on everybody's minds these days. And a lot of people are concerned about this week and next week and next month and, the, and possibly the weeks ahead. What are we going to do? How's it going to turn out? We know the economy has suffered a, a, a huge hit because of everybody being uh, sequestered and, and quarantined and, and, and businesses closing and so forth. We, know, we all know the effect that that's had. And people tell us in the media that it's the worst thing that has ever hit our country since the Great Depression. I'm here to tell you it is not going to be the worst thing that's ever hit our country since the Great Depression. Because God is answering the prayers of His church. Amen. Glory to God. We have something to say about it. The Bible, Jesus said, whatever you allow on earth. Yeah. Will allow will will be allowed in heaven, yeah. and whatever you for, forbid on yeah. earth will be forbidden in heaven. Amen. Glory to God. So the church has something to say about right. it, and we are doing our saying. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Now we know this. You know, the, I only have a limited amount of time here on Sunday mornings in this venue, and so I don't have time to go through all of the the scriptures that we looked at in the past. If you've been coming here, you know the basis of what I'm talking about. But I will have to explain some things because we have visitors who haven't been here and uh, they need to know a little bit of the foundation as much as I can in the time that I have. We know that Christ, according to Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And then it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. If you go back in the Old Testament and you see the the blessings that God gave to Abraham and the promises he gave to Abraham. When God brought the children of Israel, Abraham's descendants, when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he made certain promises to them based on the blessing of Abraham. He said that, that I swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Jacob. That's the blessing of Abraham. All of these things will come upon you and you will be blessed. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just take a moment and read some of the blessings. Go with me real quick. We won't make a lot of comment because this is not really where, where I'm ultimately going, but it's a good foundation. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6.10. How many of you have your Bible today? Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> Deuter I like that. Deuteronomy 6.10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord. Notice he said, when I bring you into this land, it's going to be a land of plenty. And he promised it because of what he had promised to Abraham. Right. Amen. And if you turn it over to the 8th chapter, skipping a lot of this because we don't have time to read all of it. In verse, no, well, chapter 7, in chapter 7, verse 14, I'm just picking out a few verses. He said, you shall be blessed above all people. Verse 15, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness. Right. Yeah. He'll take away from you all sickness. Yes, in another place, he said, he will keep sickness away from your company. Woo! He'll take it away from the midst of you. Praise the Lord. Thank God we are we have received our vaccination for the COVID virus. Amen. Our vaccination is Psalm 91. Our vaccination is this scripture I just read here. The Lord will take away from you all sickness. That's our premium vaccination right there. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, vaccines don't always work, but this will always work. Glory to God. Now in the 8th chapter. Verse number 7, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity and which you will lack nothing, a land out of whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you could dig copper. He goes on to tell us there are some other things that come out of those hills. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you don't, do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Verse 12, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, notice, and when your silver and your gold are multiplied. Well, silver and gold have to be dug out of the mountains and hills as well. Isn't that right? Yeah. So it's just not, it wasn't just iron and copper they dig out of these hills. He said you'll dig gold and silver and it'll be multiplied. Praise the Lord. Amen. When your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. Yeah. He said, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, verse number 17, then you shall say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. But no, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish or confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. We just read who the fathers were, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the blessing of plenty, the blessing of prosperity, the blessing of health is all part of the blessing of Abraham. Hallelujah. 
Now, there are always Christians who will come back and they'll say, yeah, that belonged to the Jews. That was an Old Testament pro uh, promise. But the Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has yeah. redeemed us from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Yeah. How many of you were Gentiles when you came to Christ? Amen. Jews and Gentiles have all been made one in Christ. Hallelujah. And all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. So that just gives you a little bit of background. Blessing and prosperity and plenty and abundance belong to the children of God today just as much as it ever did. Amen. Hallelujah. Now... If you've come to our church in the past, you know that I've taught a lot about our authority in Christ. Yeah. But I need to remind you today that we have authority mm. over money. Hallelujah. Now I want to give you some scriptures. Read carefully with me right now. Go to Psalms chapter 50. The 50th Psalm. Psalm chapter 50. It's a little windy up here, so I have to open my Bible every time. Turn to it. Can you hear me out there? Yeah. One-handed flipping here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The 50th Psalm. Verse number Verse number 9, I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your fields, for every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains. Remember Jesus said that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without the Father knowing about it. He said all of the cattle on a thousand hill are mine. All the birds of the mountains I know. And all the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, the Lord said, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. He said the world belongs to me and everything in it. Go with me then over to, to the 24th Psalm. Psalm 24. In verse number 1. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. We just read that in the 50th Psalm. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Yeah. Now it's interesting that he said the world is mine and everyone who dwells in it. Well you know this, that according to what Jesus said, Jesus said to the religious people of his day, You are of your father the devil. Did he say that? Yes. We know that there are two families on the earth. They're not black and white. They're the saved and the unsaved. Yeah. Those who know Christ Jesus and those who don't. Right. Those who are born again and those who haven't been born again. Right. Those are the two family groups on the earth. That's right. And Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. Well, when you're born again, you're brought out of that kingdom and you, and you receive a new father. You're birthed into a new family, into the family of God. Amen. So we know today that not everybody in the earth belongs to the Lord. That's right. 
But here, the psalmist said, the earth is the Lord is all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. Well, how could the psalmist say that everybody belongs to him when Jesus said they don't all belong to him? Because in this verse and in Psalm 50 that we read a moment ago, he's talking about God's right over the earth because he is the creator. So in the ultimate sense, everything belongs to God because he created it. And he said that in the last part of the second, or in the second verse. He says, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. So when the Lord says it's mine and it all belongs to me, and even everybody in the earth is mine, he's saying that from the standpoint of being creator. But now go with me over to... The 115th Psalm. Psalm 115. Verse number 16. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. The heavens belong to the Lord but the earth he has given to the children of men. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, which one is it? Does the, does the earth belong to the Lord? Is, it, is, is he the creator? And, and is he the possessor of everything that's in it? He said, the, Lord, the earth is mine and all its fullness. But here he says it's give, he's given it to the children of men. Yeah. Well, if you, if you, the only way you can reconcile those two passages if, is that you have to understand that as the creator... He created everything, and he has the ultimate claim to everything, but that temporarily he has, and for a season of time, he has given the earth to men. That means temporarily the earth is not his. It is his as creator, but it's not his in action because he's given it temporarily to the children of men. Well, do we have a do we have a record of that transaction? Is there some place in the Bible we can go to and look and see when that actually happened? When did he give it to the children of men? Well, thank the Lord there is. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Of course, we have the story of the days of creation. How on each each uh, succeeding day he created and put in order more and more of this natural world and then at the very end he created man now he gives more of a detailed account of uh, of this later but here in verse number in chapter 1 verse number 26 it says then the Lord God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have demen- notice Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Let me ask you a question. What does subdue mean? It means exercise authority over. He said fill the earth and exercise authority over it. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
in the eighth chapter of the Psalms, Psalm verse uh, chapter eight, Psalm chapter eight, we have a little more information along the same line. The eighth Psalm. Verse number three, David said, when I, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. This tells us that, that God, when he created Adam, though God still is God over all, though he still reigns over all, and in one sense the earth is still his and everything in it, but in another sense, in, in creation of man and in redemption, God created the earth and gave the earth temporarily to men. Yeah. And he said that we are to exercise authority and dominion over everything in the earth. Very few Christians really understand the authority they have in this natural life. Yeah. Nearly everything that you encounter, except the things that, that come directly from God, Nearly every natural thing, I'll put it that way, every natural thing in this world that you encounter, everything you see, everything you need, you have authority over it. You have the authority to claim the blessing of Abraham, which is plenty, which is abundance, which is fullness, which is silver and gold and cattle and livestock and and. and, and uh, fields that are that are full of fruit. In other words, ultimate massive prosperity. We have the right, we have the authority to claim it, praise God. Because it belongs to us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank the Lord for, for Brother Bob over there. I heard him. Hallelujah. Go with me now. This I said all that to get into what I want to talk to today. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. I started to get into it. I tried to get into it on my Thursday message and just ran out of time. Hebrews, the first chapter. Verse number 13. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit on my right hand till I make your enemies my footstool? In Hebrews chapter 1, he's comparing the, Lord, the supremacy of the Lord Jesus over the angels. So that's the context. But notice what he said about these angels. He said, To which of the angels he ever sa- has he ever said, Sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they, that's the angels, are they not all ministering spirits? Right. How many angels are ministering spirits? All. all. He said, Are they not all ministering spirits Sent forth. Well, who do you think sends them forth? God sent them forth. God sent them forth. I said God sent the angels forth. Why did he send them forth? To accomplish what? To minister for those who will inherit salvation. To minister 
for those. Yeah. Now, a lot of people read that and they think it says to minister to those. But it doesn't say to minister to those. It says to minister for those. Yeah. Come on. In other words, to do something for them. Yeah. It's good. To minister to those who will inherit salvation. Yeah. Now, most of you have seen the, the famous artwork of the guardian angel watching over the little children as they walk across a footbridge over a little creek or a little stream and, you know, there's a, there's a missing plank. How many of you have seen the picture I'm talking about? Yeah. If, if you have nobody seen that, if you have, wave your hand at me. It's a very, it's a very familiar uh, uh, picture. And it's got this angel in the background. Let me tell you something about angels. Angels are not plump little women. <laughs> angels are not feminine. They're not plump and delicate. Angels are mighty creatures. The Bible says they excel in strength. They're mighty and awesome creatures. Yeah. But this picture depicts an angel watching over the little children. And this scripture says that they've been sent to minister for yeah. those who would be heirs of salvation. Those little children one day are going to find the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these angels are watching over them until they come to that time. How many of you can thank God that the angels watched over you? When you, when you were a child. Amen. Jesus made this statement. He said, don't forbid the little children to come to me. Right. He said, because in heaven, their angels are always before the face of the Father. Wow. Their angels. Yeah. So that's the, where we get the idea of a guardian angel, that children have guardian angels. But what in the world made us think that our angels go away when we grow up? I would venture to say some of us have needed our guardian angel more since we were adults than we did when we were children. Amen. It's ridiculous to think that we lose our angel when we get older. Amen. Because these scriptures say that they've been ministered, they've been sent forth by God to minister for us. Not just minister to us, minister for us. Do things for us. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Good word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Let's look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34. We've looked at the 91st Psalm that talks about angels. Let's look at this one. Psalm 34. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse number 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him, being the Lord. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear the Lord so that he can just so that they can sit by and watch you fall into trouble. 
The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear the Lord so they can laugh at us in our time of calamity. So they can punch each other in the rib and say, look at those crazy Christians, what they're doing. No, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear the Lord for what purpose? Let me hear you say it. To deliver them. Glory to God. The angels have been sent to deliver us. And not only to deliver us, but like I said, to minister to us and for us. Let's look at the 103rd Psalm. 103rd Psalm. Verse 20. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength. So angels are not weak. Right. They excel in strength. Notice what else they do. Who do your word. God's word. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who will excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. Now, one translation, the, the New Revised Standard Version, says they do His Word obeying His spoken voice. Angels obey the spoken voice of the Lord. In other words, when the Word of the Lord is spoken, they obey it. Now, we know from the New Testament that the Greek word, rhema, literally means the spoken Word of God. It's one thing to have the Word of God in your heart, but it's another thing to put the Word of God in your Come mouth on. and begin to speak it. Come on. And the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10, he said, The Word is near you, this rhema, this spoken Word of God is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Yeah. And he went on to say that if a man would believe in his heart that God has raised him yes. from the dead, and confess Jesus as Lord, he would be saved. Notice there's a believing part and there's a saying part. Well, the angels watch over God's Word and they heed His spoken voice. Well, you can readily see that a lot of people aren't enjoying the blessings of the angel like they should be. You can see that there are many people saved and unsaved alike who have all sorts of terrible things happen to them, and you would say, well, why didn't the angels protect them? Why didn't the angels watch over them? That's what they've been sent to do. But notice, they do it in connection with the voice of His Word. I said they do what they do in connection with the spoken voice of His Word, and it's up to us to speak that Word. That's good. Amen. What, what can angels do for us? Turn to 1 Kings 19. Glory. Mm. 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. Verse number 4. Elijah himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, Lord, I can't take it. It's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. 
Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel came back the second time to minister for him. And he touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. And so he ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. Here we see an angel brought a cake to Elijah and brought him, and brought him water to drink. God can bring you food if you need it. He'll bring you more than cupcakes, too. <laughs> Here the angel ministered for him and went and brought something to him. Yeah. I'm telling you, church, Come on, that's good. prosperity belongs to you. Amen. Fullness, abundance, every need met is your covenant right. And if you'll put your words right, if you'll talk right, the angels will be able to bring things to you. It's their job to minister for you. We know that the devil has his own host, evil spirits that work for him. And we, all, we are all too aware of how evil spirits go out and influence people to do wrong. Well, angels go out and influence people to do right yeah, amen. on your behalf amen. if you believe it and if you'll say it, praise God. Hallelujah. It matters what you say. I read, I won't take the time to read it now, but on Thursday I read from Malachi chapter 3. You can go to face, uh, our, 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 web, uh, YouTube. our YouTube page and you can see what I read from Malachi 3. And it said that the, those who feared the Lord began to talk to one another. Right. And the Lord listened to them, and He heard them, and He wrote down a, a, a book of remembrance. Praise God. And He said the Lord would deliver you, and once again, you would see that there's a difference between those who serve God and those who don't serve God. It's God's plan and intention in these last days, during this time in which we live right now, to show again in the earth that there's a difference between those who know God and speak the Word of God and who don't speak the Word of God. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 6, if you're not familiar with the story, you can read it. But just to save a little bit of time, Elisha and his servant were surrounded. The hostile armies and their chariots had come and surrounded the city. And they were looking for one man, Elisha. And all of these soldiers, vast army, and all of their chariots and all of their horses surrounded the city. And in the morning... Elisha's servant got up and he went outside and he looked. And, the, and, and everywhere he looked, he said all around the city, there were horses and chariots and, and soldiers. And they were there for them to take them captive. Yeah. And he came in and he told the prophet, he said, My Lord, my Lord, what are we going to do? And Elijah went out and looked and he said, Now, Lord, 
He said, open my servant's eyes. And the Bible says that God opened the servant's eyes. And behold, in the spirit realm, he saw all around that city and all around that natural army, he saw horses and chariots of fire. A great host of God's protection. I'm telling you, we're living in a time where God wants to make a difference between those who love Him and know Him and those He does, those who don't. He wants to show Himself strong. We have authority over finances. It's our time to claim what we need. I said it's our time to claim what we need. Listen to me. Listen to me for a minute. Do not become dependent upon the government. The government is not your source. Yeah. And you can readily see your job's not your source. Yeah, come on. All of those things Ooh. are wishy-washy. Yeah. They're, 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 they're on a, 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 a passing foundation that can evaporate overnight. Yeah. I'm not saying don't take your money from the government. You should. I'm going to say that again. You should take the government, the money the government's passing out. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, don't let it be your source. Don't be wringing your hands and say, well, my money hasn't come. What am I going to do? Claim what you need in Jesus' name. God has other venues and other ways of getting it to you besides stimulus money. He has other sources besides stimulus money that he can bring to you. Claim what you need. Amen. If you have a financial need, claim it. Say, I claim such and such in Jesus' name. When you claim it, that means you're taking authority over it. You're commanding it because God gave His people dominion and authority. Who in the world did you think God made this world for? It wasn't for the devil. It wasn't for the unsaved people. It was for His own children. So when you take authority over it, you claim it. You say, now money, you're coming to me now. I claim it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Yes. Then say this. Say, now Satan, take your hands off my money. When I would, when I would receive the offering, you might remember I would do that. Yeah. And I did that by the spirit of faith. I'd look out over the congregation. And I'd say, now devil, take your hands off the finances of every giver in this house. And I did it in faith. I did it intentionally. I did it on purpose. I did it thoughtfully and knowingly. And I meant every word of it. Some people just sat there and and the words just flew right over their heads. I suspect it's not flying over people's heads so much now. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You say to, to yourself, Satan, take your hands off my money. And then say this. Go out ministering spirits. Go out angels of God and cause the money to come to me. And it'll come to you from some of the most amazing and unsuspecting sources you've ever seen in your life. Yes, God can use the government. I'm not against that. I'm just against you getting in fear when the government doesn't show up. Right. Come on. Amen. You're not dependent upon the government. You're a child of God. You belong to Him. Glory to God. You're His blood-bought, purchased person. Glory to God. And a father like our father will take care of His own. Amen. Amen. 
Claim what you need. Right. Say, Satan, take your hands off my money. And then say, ministering spirits, go and cause the money to come. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want all of us to say something together right now, right after me. I want you to say, all the money I need will come. All the money I need will come. No, let's not say it that way. Let's say it differently. Say, all the money I need is coming. All the money I need is coming. It's coming to me. It's coming to me. All the money my business needs is coming to me. My business needs is coming to me. All the money my church needs is coming. All the money my church needs is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, I've delivered your word today. And I thank you, Father, that the entrance of your word brings light, enlightenment, and help, and revelation. So I ask you, Father, to take this word and, and cause it to bear fruit in people's lives. That this congregation will act on this word, believe this word, not just not just in these moments where we just got through saying it, but in the hours and days and weeks ahead, that this will be part of their daily conduct and life. That they'll claim what they need. Take authority over it. Keep the devil in his place. And stay in faith until every need is met in a glorious and grand fashion, in fullness and abundance. We're not satisfied with barely get along. We've not, been, we've not been given a place in heaven on barely get along street. Right down at the end of the block next to Grumble Alley. Drinking branch water and eating crackers. No, we've been promised a mansion in heaven. Glory to God. And fullness here in the earth. He said you'll build beautiful houses and dwell in them. Your silver and gold will be multiplied. He said he would bless all the... All that we put our hand to. Oh, glory to God. Father, we thank you for that today. And I pray, Lord, that it becomes alive in the hearts of every person here. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.